I'm coming to your cities. I recently did an event in New York. It was awesome. I loved bringing real couples up on stage. We had no idea what was going to happen. The crowd loved it. I was sharing real numbers. It was a blast. And I want to do it again. I'm looking to coach couples on stage at my next two live events, one in Philly on June 1st, one in Boston on June 4th. If you and your partner want help connecting over money, you want to solve a big financial challenge you have, please apply at iwt.com slash live coaching. If you and your partner struggle to come up with a shared vision of your rich life, if you have different priorities about spending and saving, if you just can't get on the same page financially, I would love to coach you live on stage in your city. It is free of charge. You can apply at iwt.com slash live coaching. I'll see you in Boston and Philly. Recently, I had an event in New York City. I had hundreds of people come and I brought actual real couples up on stage and did a mini podcast right there in front of everyone. It was awesome. And I'm very pleased to announce that I'm doing two more events. I want to let you know about it before anyone else knows. June 1st, I'm going to be in Philadelphia. June 4th in Boston. If you want tickets, you can get them at iwt.com slash philly and iwt.com slash boston. Between now and May 3rd, you can use the pre-sale code RICHLIFE to get tickets. Again, June 1st, I'll see you in Philly and June 4th in Boston, iwt.com slash philly and iwt.com slash boston. The two of you easily can become multimillionaires. Do you believe that? No, it's just not in the cards for me. I don't have the skill set to do that. It's overly ambitious to uh-huh. the point where it is unrealistic. If it is truly as easy as the numbers make it seem, then why why haven't we done something prior? Why haven't why has it not been why has none of our influencers or our role models had anything like that to say why why is it us out of everybody else why are we why are we doing it because you picked up the phone because the two of you asked for help i'm afraid of failing we could put ourselves in a worse position but if we keep it up we stay the way we are our kids are spoiled flat out i'm willing to hear anything and try anything Welcome to part two of my conversation with Austin and Annie. To recap, they make about $130,000 a year living in Kansas. Last episode, we spent all of our conversation focused on their daughter and how if they continue on the path that they're on, they will be passing on another painful cycle of generational money issues down to their kids. Now, they told me that their goal is to break the generational chain of poverty. And that's one of the reasons I wanted to talk to them. I also want to show them that they can dream bigger than just breaking the chains. Austin and Annie can likely be multimillionaires if they manage their money right. But when I tell them that in today's episode, they flat out don't believe me. To many people raised without money, that's like telling them they can fly. It just doesn't compute. Listen in as we talk about what it will take to change the financial trajectory of their family forever. I'm Ramit Sethi, and this is I Will Teach You To Be Rich. What are you two both here to accomplish? What do you both want? 
I want change, but I need to make that change myself. So I think I'm looking for guidance to pinpoint what my actual problems are. Because what I thought my problems were, you have shown me those are not necessarily it. It's really these things instead. Financial freedom. Freedom to... I I worry that um, the position that we are in now, we... We are happy. We are comfortable. I, we have said it a few times already. Our kids are spoiled. Um, and we can dial back on that. However, if something big were to happen, we wouldn't be able to afford to live. Um, yeah, we've, we're paid ahead on our apartment. Our rent's paid ahead a couple months. So like we're, we're doing good there. We have a place to live for a couple months still, but that puts everything on Annie if it's me or everything on me if it's Annie and we the way we are set up w- within our finances we aren't prepared for anything to happen and that does scare me because shit does happen yeah did you catch that Austin's comment that yeah we're good we paid ahead on our apartment a couple of months that is quite revealing To him, that is success, to be able to pay ahead on an apartment for a couple of months. And I think that that's great when you're starting out. But he and his wife make $130,000. They live in a low cost of living area. At $130,000, they can be playing much bigger. And that's what we get to talk about today. If they don't make any changes, they'll go through life playing small, thinking that success is paying ahead a couple of months on an apartment, never realizing that there's a much bigger game out there being played around them that they could be playing too. Well, if you keep this cycle up, I mean, what happens? Because truthfully, you have a nice apartment, you have two kids, you have cars and tools and law school. So what? If we keep it up, we stay the way we are. Our kids are spoiled, flat out. Um, but me and Annie, we spoil ourselves and we spoil each other, but it would be a, we could still have a happy and content life, but I know that the lifestyle I want for our kids, we don't want them just to succeed. We want them to succeed, have fun, be good kids. Like we want so much better for them. And we do want to take vacations. We do want to go out and see more of the country, see parts of the world and do things with each other. But if we continue the way we are, we're not going to be able to reach the more free lifestyle that we want. Like a lot of people, Austin and Annie have simple dreams for their lives. They want their kids to succeed, have fun, be good. It's like saying we want puppies and apple pie. Fine, sure, pretty much everybody does. But in order to get there, it actually requires changing their entire set of money lenses or the way they look at money, talk about money, behave with money, even how they think about money. And if they do, I know that they can actually live a richer life than they even realize is possible. If they don't, they're going to pass on their money messages to their kids. And Austin tells me he already has. He doesn't talk to his daughter about money because he believes he's protecting her. That's because he sees money as something bad, something to shield children from. I see money differently. I see it as something joyful, something fun, something to talk about and bond over. When I suggested that he could talk to his daughter about money, 
he was speechless. When I asked you, how might you talk to your daughter about money? You and Austin were both completely stumped. Stumped. And here I am, a non-parent, role-playing. And what it really told me was that you have never seen a model of how to treat money as a couple or certainly as a parent. Does that strike either of you as correct? Am I out on a limb here? No, it's... No, you're correct. You're correct, and it's... It's difficult to hear. I put it into words. It's relieving to hear that there's words for it, but it's difficult to hear that here you put it in a in that sort of perspective because that's never how I looked at it before. Um, Why is it difficult to hear? It's not how I I looked at it. It's difficult because like you're right. It's I there is not been a role model for money in our lives there even to this day there's still not really role models that we talk to or that are in our lives that would be something to work towards or somebody to learn from well here i am so if the two of you are super depressed about money and like, oh, eh. I, that's my Eeyore voice. Eeyore, you know, <laughs> oh, it's kind of sucks. I don't know. How do you think your daughter's going to pick up on that? She'll keep the same attitude. She's going to feed off of our negative energy. Exactly. Teaching kids about money doesn't only have to be lecturing them, but it's a teachable moment. And we have to get them excited. Sometimes it's just getting them involved and making them understand they have a role in the family. And I'm going to add on as a third temporary co-parent in this example, I need her help in plain English because I don't want her to grow up spoiled. That's my fucking nightmare to raise a spoiled kid. I don't even have kids, so I can't be the one coming up with the examples. What I can do with both of you is to help you connect what you are doing with your daughter being spoiled. It is about you not seeing your daughter as part of your family unit because you two don't even have a financial unit together yourselves. I'm going to ask Austin what he thinks the real issue is here. Remember, They make $130,000 and they live in a low cost of living city, yet they have basically no savings and $68,000 of debt. And they've admitted that they're raising a spoiled daughter. If you had to guess right now with what we've talked about so far, Austin, what do you think is going on here? I think that we, we spend the money we have in convenience aspects instead of it's easier and more convenient for us to spend 50, 60 bucks real quick on dinner because I got home late from work. Annie's with the kids. I think in general, the convenience aspects of things um, instead of I'm a mechanic by trade. I can work. I can fix our vehicles instead of 
spending time trying to fix our stuff and just sending it into the shop real quick because it's faster for them to do it. We need our vehicle. I could be doing that better. Um, if we are getting groceries and we pay to have our groceries delivered because I'm an hour away at work and she's working, we can't go and pick up our groceries. Okay, let me so, pause you right there. So you're making $130,000 a year. And it's very possible that convenience is what's going on here. But I just want to read back what you just said to me. And you tell me if this sounds realistic. Question is, what's going on here? The money you make seems like it's just getting spent. And you told me it's convenience, specifically eating out, getting your cars repaired in the shop, and uh, delivery fees for groceries. Does that sound realistic? No, not at all. So what? (laughs) Okay. Okay. That's good. I agree with you. I mean, sure. You'd probably spend some money on grocery delivery fees, but you make $130,000 living in Kansas. How much can those fees cost you? It's not that much, but not that much. Good. I agree. So (laughs) is there a missing element from this? Absolutely. What is it? I think it's irresponsible spending the little things, adding up all the little things here and there. So what do you want to do about that? Accountability. Need to at least write down what it is that we're spending. We're not building a budget, but maybe write down what it is we're spending on. Like, okay, I went to the gas station. I spent 450 on two drinks and writing it down because it's going somewhere and we're not understanding where it's going. So we need to pay better attention to figure that out. Okay. I think you've done that right in the past. Did it work? I don't know if we did it right, but when we did it in the past, it didn't seem to work. So do you think there might be another way of doing it? Do you think that I write down how much I spend at a gas station? No. Why? I don't have an answer for that. I it's it's the only thing I know. I don't I don't know how to do much else. I love this process. It's where I get to ask Austin a bunch of questions and let him give me his first answer and then I get to gently press on him. And you can tell that he's engaged because he instantly realizes that what he said just seconds ago actually doesn't make sense. You're not in debt on $130,000 of income because of some convenience purchases. And if it was as easy as paying more attention, you probably would have already done that. There's got to be something else. If you ever follow me on Instagram, sometimes you'll see me post about my behind-the-scenes travel experiences, coffee tours, salsa-making classes in Mexico, all kinds of culinary stuff in India. And I'll get a lot of people saying, where do I find that Kyoto notepad maker that you found. And one place you can find that is Viator. In fact, my wife and I used Viator to book a Segway tour where we took a tour of a new city and we had an amazing experience, something we never would have thought of doing on our own. They offer everything from simple tours to extreme adventures. And with over 300,000 bookable experiences in 190 countries, there's something for everybody. Plus, Viator's travel experiences have millions of real travel reviews, so you have the information you need to book the best travel activities for your trip. 
When you book a travel experience with Viator, there's always flexibility and support with free cancellation, payment options, and 24-7 service. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator. I have a friend of mine who's always cold. She told me she and her partner have totally different temperatures when they sleep. She goes to bed in a flannel pajama. She's got extra blankets. Her partner's running hot. So now she recently started testing the pod cover from 8sleep, one of our sponsors. Before she goes to sleep, she gets on the app, cranks up the heat, and when she gets into bed at night, it's already warm and waiting for her. The pod cover by 8sleep fits on your bed like a fitted sheet, and it collects information. It has sensors. The pod then uses that information to understand what you need to get better sleep. You can set it to heat up or cool down before you get into bed. It also adjusts while you sleep. And you can set it to change temperatures to gently wake you up in the morning. Best part, there are two zones. So if you run hot and your partner runs cold, you can each set your side of the bed to exactly how you want it. Improve the way you sleep by using my link at 8sleep.com slash Ramit for $200 off plus free shipping on their high-tech pod three cover. That's 8sleep.com slash Ramit, E-I-G-H-T sleep.com slash Ramit, R-A-M-I-T for a better, smarter sleep. You two have $68,000 of debt. What is that debt from? Okay. I know his problem area is or was tools. So a very good example. He will, his biggest thing that he always says is, if I die, I'm afraid you'll sell my tools for what I told you I paid for them. Austin, how come you've been quiet the whole time and we only discover this weird, morbid fear of your tools being sold off after your death? What in the so, hell? I've never heard of this. Obviously, I, I turn wrenches for a living. So before I had children, before I had met Annie, I had started buying all of my tools and I had racked up a very large, very, very large amount of debt in strictly tools for to do my job. And that was trying to get them paid off. That's been my biggest handicap in our finances is my tool payments. I know that. Um, if you take what I was paying eight months ago, 10 months ago, almost a year ago, what I was paying per month just for my tools, it was more than our mortgage was when we lived in Iowa. What? It was about $1,800. or No, no, it was about $2,000, no, A month? It was about $1,500 is what I was paying per month. Yes. Hold on, that hold was, on, hold on, hold on, hold on. So when you say you were paying that much, how much have you spent on tools? I can't even. I, I Honestly, if I gave you a number, I'd be lying to you. I, I can't. Is it 1,000, 10,000, 50,000? What are we talking about? A year ago, I was 36,000 in debt with strictly tools. And okay. to give you an idea, I've never paid more than the most amount I've ever bought a car for was $3,000. So I have... My toolbox itself costs more than any vehicle I've ever purchased what did. Whoa. The toolbox was almost 20 grand by itself. And that's the big one that he's talking about. It is a professional toolbox, yes. That is my career. And you use this for work? Yes, every day. Okay, got it. So you spent a lot. Annie, you, you were pointing your finger up towards the heavens as I asked Austin how much he spent on tools. Do you think that there's a different number I need to know about in terms of tool purchases? 
when we when he proposed to me and he got serious about okay you know we're having children whatever i really then started to understand how much he had purchased and so he disclosed over time when just the box was 20 grand and i thought his tool debt was 20 grand it was just the box he's got more tools that fit in that box and the additional three to four other boxes he has Almost all of them are name brand tools, which he needs to do his job, but they're not. It's like me buying an Hermes or a Givenchy versus a Target brand purse if I continue to multiply that. So he was upwards of a 50,000 to what I understand, 60,000 total somewhere in there. But even I don't know the full number because he doesn't look at the numbers. He won't do his statements, none of that. He just makes a payment of like $700 a month just to the one account. And then the other one was like $500 a month. And he would just know the amounts and make the payments. And that was it. Okay. You might be wondering what I think of someone who's in debt for tens of thousands of dollars because of tools. First, let me remind you of my philosophy on a rich life, which is that your rich life is yours. Not your parents, not your friends, not even mine. You choose what your rich life is. But there's a second part of my philosophy that a lot of people don't talk about, which is you have to be able to afford your rich life. You're not allowed to just point at a private jet and twirl around three times and chant rich life, rich life, rich life, and then go buy a $50 million plane. You and I both know how absurd that is. And yet, how is it that so many of us spend tens of thousands of dollars we can't afford on houses and trucks and boats and tools? We don't even run the numbers on these purchases. Listen to the stories we tell ourselves. Austin says, I need these tools for work. Okay, I'm sure you need some tools, but a $20,000 toolbox? No. Part of a rich life is being honest. If you're making $130,000 together, you cannot afford $100,000 worth of tools. This is one of the actual issues holding Austin and Annie back not how much they spend on grocery delivery. How much do you owe Austin for the tools? Everything is paid off except for I owe just under $9,000. $9,000 for tools. And the rest is school loans. Is that right, Annie? No, school is probably about thirty-five, And then the rest would be installment loans. So... At that point, my car was not paid off. So there's like car loan. Then we've got his credit cards. He has... Medical debt for my surgery. Yeah, and like other types of bills, other types of debt on there. I don't have as big of a credit mix. And how do you both think about this debt in terms of your finances? It's crippling. Frightening. How, How is it still there? Why is it not gone? Or why does it not seem to, why can't we seem to chunk it away faster? It does move, but it just seems to move so slow that it's frightening that, okay, now we're starting to build medical debt onto it. Are we ever going to get out from under it? Seems to me maybe I could help with giving you a few different new ways of looking at your money. Maybe that would help. Okay. Okay. What do you think? I'm willing to hear anything and try anything. I'm going to show Austin and Annie how to take a bird's eye view of their money. 
I suspect this is the first time they will have ever looked at their money like this. We're going to use the conscious spending plan. You can get a copy of that and follow along at iwt.com slash episode 54. Plug your numbers in and let's do it together. What I'm going to ask you to both do is to open up that conscious spending plan that you sent me. Let me see. I think so. The two of you make about $130,000 a year. You have $68,000 of debt. You have zero in savings and about $2,000 in investments. Is that accurate? Roughly, yes. Great. So let me tell you why I do this. Because what you told me of how you make all this money and you cannot figure out where it's going, that's really common. That's actually what most Americans experience. They make money and then they have no idea where it goes. So what do you think happens over time as they make money, they spend it, and they have no idea where it goes? What do you think happens? They, uh, they don't learn from it and they, it continues to go where it shouldn't be. And then what? They don't learn from their mistakes. You guys are in your 20s. Mm-hmm. Pretend you're 50 years old and you have the same money behaviors. What happens? We'll ne- never be able to retire. There will be no retirement. You have nothing to show for it. Yeah. You worked your whole life. You have very little in savings. You've shrunk your dreams down from being able to go to New Zealand to maybe we can go for a weekend somewhere on a trip in the next state. And then a lot of people go on Twitter and complain about taxes and stuff like that. And then they go to Florida and they die. That's what happens. That's very common. I don't know. It doesn't sound like the kind of life that the two of you want. No. I think we need to know how to manage it appropriately. I'm very confident that you can do it because a lot of this, you can automate it. The other key skill you're going to have to learn is changing the way you think about money. The fact is you're making $130,000 living in Kansas and probably more in the future. A lot more. So let's start there. This is the nuts and bolts. I'm going to walk you through it. And if you have more questions, we can talk about them now. I'll recommend my book for you. It goes into this in a more structured way. But let's just kind of go through the basics. I'm looking at your numbers. And right now, it seems like you're basically spending money on your fixed costs which are things like your rent, your car, gas, groceries, things like that. And you're not really investing money, correct? Correct. Okay. Correct. So at $130,000, you have an amazing opportunity to be saving and investing money, especially at your age and especially in a low cost of living area. Now, it might seem impossible. You're like, this crazy Indian guy is over here telling us we should be investing. We can't even figure out where all this money's going. Well, we're about to do a little detective work and I'll help you figure it out. But I just want to start by saying that if you two have bigger dreams than you have right now, the way to achieve those is to start saving and investing. Just from hearing their income, age, and the state they lived in, I knew they could be multimillionaires if they wanted to. But when I tell people this, especially people who grew up without money, 
They simply do not believe me. It doesn't matter that I show them the math. It's like telling someone you can grow eight arms. It is not a factor of their reality. But with Austin and Annie, I'm intentionally starting here because I want to show them how much of their money beliefs they have to unlearn. Listen to what happens. I get tons of email every single day, and I want to give you a behind-the-scenes look at how I manage emails from my team, from my family, and from you. I use a piece of software called Superhuman, and this is an email software that I actually pay for out of my own pocket. It works with your existing email service like Gmail or Outlook, and let me share how it saves me over 10 hours a week. So here are a few things I love about it. First off, it splits my inbox into different streams, so my important emails come into one place. It's not cluttered with a bunch of subscriptions everywhere. Next, I use keyboard shortcuts, unlike you barbarians who literally click and peck through every single email. U to market unread, S to star it, J or K to cycle through messages. I use keystrokes to schedule messages, like when I want to ask one of my coworkers a question, but I don't want to send them an email on a Saturday. Now, I can work through dozens of emails in minutes using this. And Superhuman just introduced an AI feature, which allows you to take a huge email with all these people chiming in and automatically summarize what's going on in a few bullet points. It'll even draft emails for you. So if you want to buy back your time, Superhuman is a no-brainer to me. It's something I spend my own money on, and I love it. Right now, all IWT listeners will get a free month of Superhuman. You can get started at superhuman.com slash Ramit. That's superhuman.com slash Ramit, R-A-M-I-T. A few years ago, I was at a tea tasting in New York with one of my buddies. I thought it was going to be a normal tea tasting. Suddenly, six people from Japan come in. They pour basically three thimblefuls of tea and we taste it. I've never tasted anything like that. And they tell us if we were to buy that, just the three thimblefuls, it would be $75. Now, drop for drop, that's the most expensive thing I've ever had to drink. Not all of us have the time or the money to buy that specific tea from that specific mountainside in Japan. But what if you could capture that feeling of the care and the love, even the way that they served it to us? What if you could bring that to your home every morning? Well, I want to introduce you to one of our newest sponsors, Peak Tea. What makes Peak Tea special is that the tea is cold extracted using only wild harvested leaves from 250-year-old tea leaves. That makes the tea rich in minerals, and other beneficial compounds. Now, the greatest part is that peak tea is zero prep. There's no tea bag that you have to steep for the perfect amount of time. Peak dissolves in cold or hot water in seconds. It's already pre-measured, it's perfectly brewed, and it's perfect to take if you travel. My team's been trying peak tea, and they especially love the Pu'er green teas. For a limited time, get up to 15% off and a free quiver with 12 tea samples with my link, peaklife.com slash Ramit. That's P-I-Q-U-E-L-I-F-E dot com slash Ramit, R-A-M-I-T. The two of you easily, easily can become multimillionaires. Do you believe that? No. Tell me why. Uh, it's just not in the cards for me. Why? I. That's 
I don't have the skill set to do that. I don't have there. I don't have anything to substantial enough to bring to the table to allow myself to get to that level. Uh-huh. So, where do you think? What level can you get to in your life? Owning a home, able to take a vacation, like a normal vacation, once or twice a year. How do you feel about that? Be able to. It. I mean, I want more. Obviously, I'm. I want more, but I don't. I'm at a loss for any sort of way to achieve more. In when I look at it, if I want to, if I want more, I need to find a different career. I need to start making these drastic changes like that there i don't see in the position that i'm in how i can do better yeah and austin what kind of people are multimillionaires? not people who work with their hands they're not blue collar they're not they don't do what i do notice how austin feels about money It's not based on numbers, compound interest, benchmarks. It's based on identity. His identity as a blue-collar worker. When you think about that school that you went to and all the other families and kids who were around, how would you describe those people? Those are the people that would be, that you could see being a multi-million dollar and like a financial profile. Yeah. That's who I would see that. And and what did they do for a living? The parents, when you went to school and you saw those big houses, what did the people living in there do? They 90% of them were doctors and lawyers and very high-end um, people throughout like the John Deere and Alcoa and numerous large companies like that. They were very prominent people. They were, their name was associated in the community everywhere like you saw them whether they were in a position of power or a um, influencer something to do they had some sort of they made a name for themselves okay but guess what austin Hmm. you and annie are making a name for yourself right now you two make a hundred and twenty nine thousand dollars in your 20s that number's going up. You may not think you belong like those people just because of the type of house they lived in or what type of job they have, but you belong in whatever class you want to be in just as much as anyone else. It doesn't matter to me that you use your hands. I think that's cool. I have no idea how to do what you do. And so I would never denigrate someone and say, oh my God, he's blue collar. He's, he doesn't deserve to eat at that restaurant or have that much money. Bullshit. You deserve it just as much as anyone else. I want to show you how. But we can't get there until you internally say to yourself, hey, I belong. I belong here. I've built the skills. I make $75,000 a year. I'm married My wife makes $54,000 a year. Together, we've raised two beautiful kids. 
Sure, we need to learn some skills when it comes to money, but we can do this. We could live a bigger, richer life than we even possibly imagined. That's how I think about it. What does that sound like to you? Like, sounds like that's a lot of change. It sounds like there's a bunch that is being done wrong and a bunch of change that needs to happen. Um, and like it's going to be even more of a struggle than what we've already been in. So, yeah. Is there an end to that sentence? Is it so it's worth it or so I don't know if I want to go through this? I I want to. I, I can tell you I want to. Um, but I'm. it is nerve-wracking. It is frightening. Um, how much am I actually doing wrong? How much are we actually doing wrong together? How much needs to change? What is this change going to look like? What are... How do we do it? And how do we know if we're even doing it right? I'm going to show you how to do it. But the reason I'm spending time talking about this is that I find people who were raised without a lot of money and without good role models, they simply refuse to believe that they could ever have $50,000, $500,000, $5 million, whatever the numbers, they refuse to believe it. Yeah. I'm going to show you the math. What's it feel like to you when I say you can be a multimillionaire along with Austin? Unrealistic. Ambitious. Well, which one is it? Unrealistic or ambitious? Like overly ambitious. Uh -huh. To the point where it is unrealistic. Why does that seem unrealistic to you? I know with my current habits, I'm not equipped to... That's, not, that's just not something that's doable for me because I'm sabotaging myself right now. But I don't think it has anything to do with the type of person I am or I view myself. My issue is different from his. So yours is habits. And yes. you think Austin's is what? How he views himself. Hmm. He limits himself. Austin, would you agree with that? I have habits as well. Uh, there's, I have definitely bad habits in spending. Um, I, I mean, I have been able to kick one of them. I, I was a smoker for a very, very long time. And I finally I was able to put that down. Um, Congrats. Beginning of the year. So that's... It's been nice. It's been, there's definitely a lot of money wasted with it. However, it's seeing now, okay, I'm, I'm very happy that I put it down. Um, but everybody talks about how you save so much more money. You'll have this much left over. Like you save this much. I don't see it. And you go, where's the money going? Right. I, I don't see it. Okay. Well, I'm going to help you with that. So, so one of the key characteristics of people who do not manage their money well 
is that they do not have a bird's eye view on their money. They are constantly living in the weeds and they are constantly making hundreds of money decisions. Should I go to Target? Should I get this picture frame? Should I drive extra because of the gas? Should I write these candy bars down? And on and on and on and on. And it's exhausting. And it actually does not get you anywhere. Any of that sound familiar? Yes. All of it. Yeah. Because you're living at this level. For everybody listening, my hands are towards the bottom of the screen. You're operating at what I call the $3 question level. We're asking $3 questions. Should I buy this coffee? Can we get the extra cheesecake, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Where I want you to eventually end up is at the $30,000 question level or even $300,000 question level. That'll take us a while to get there because right now you're at three. Why don't we just get it up to 50? How about that? That will be good. But as an example, when I think about my money, I'm not focusing on gas station purchases. It's not a question. I don't ask $3 questions. I'm focusing on things like how much am I saving every single month? How much am I investing? Automatically, I'm not trying it manually. I just set a number once a year and it happens. Are my investments properly set up or allocated? Those are big questions. Now, just to show you what I mean, when was the last time the two of you talked about any of those questions? I don't know how to invest. I I can't think of anything. Exactly. So we will get there. I want to show you how it is possible that you two could have $100,000 saved up or $500,000 or a million or even more than that. And I just want to show you this so you start to understand a little bit of the numbers behind it. And then we're going to go right back to your spending. Where's the money going? But I'm going to show you this because I want you to see what it looks like to operate at that $50,000 level or 500,000 foot level. I'm slowly trying to get Austin and Annie to realize they've been focused on tiny questions. And the real way to create a rich life is to focus on the bigger questions and to nail those. I'm going to focus on investing with them. To do this, I opened up an investment calculator and I showed them that if they just invested the $2,000 sitting in their savings account, it would turn into $15,000. You know, the concept of a snowball, you know, it rolls down the hill, it gets bigger and bigger and bigger, like in the cartoons. That is true in investing to a level that you almost won't believe. I'm going to show you what I mean right now. So first of all, what do you take away from this example? 2,000 bucks, the money you have in your account right now, if you do nothing, is going to roughly turn into $15,000. What do you take away from that? Me to be adding annual additions. Mm -hmm. What else? Starting anywhere makes a difference rather than not starting at all. Correct. A huge difference. What else do you take away? Like, is this good? Everybody sounds so depressed right now. You just found out you have 15,000 bucks. It just takes a little time to cook. Anybody happy about this? Yes. Okay, I think it's fucking awesome. I love compound interest. I could talk about it all day. But I need you two to start picking up on what's really going on in this conversation. It's about the attitude. It's intimidating. 
Exactly. It, it is. We're breaking it down step by step. We started with doing nothing, literally taking the money you have, and we, we discovered, oh my God, $15,000. Remember I told you that metaphor of the snowball? The snowball mm-hmm. is now so huge that it is picking up more and more and more snow, and it just keeps going faster and faster. You're about to hear a bunch of percentages and numbers, so let me tell you what we're talking about here. I'm working with them on their conscious spending plan. We've zoomed in to the investment section, and we're doing some investment calculations. I'm asking them what percentage of their income they believe they can invest every year and how much that will add up to over time. Okay, here's the scenario. You go to In-N-Out. You get the meal. The whole thing costs $7. Next month, you go... Same meal, same food, same taste, 14 bucks. What the hell? Then the next time, three weeks later, it's 20 bucks, then 50 bucks, then $475. You go, what planet am I on right now? That's what it's like to pay a percentage of your portfolio to a financial advisor. That 1% fee that so many of your parents are paying and don't even know it sounds like just a little bit, but it's 1% of your portfolio compounded every single year. If you're looking for a financial advisor, there's a better way. It's called a flat fee. Let me tell you how it works. Now, Facet is a service that offers affordable, accessible financial planning through a flat fee membership. With a fee-based advisor like Facet, your fee remains the same as your investments grow. So you make more and you keep more. Facet is giving my listeners an exclusive offer. They're going to waive that $250 enrollment fee for new annual members And they'll give you $500 into your brokerage account when you invest $5,000 in the first 90 days. If you are looking for a financial advisor, you want to get a second set of eyes on your finances, I would recommend facet.com slash Ramit. Again, facet.com slash Ramit. Sponsored by Facet. Facet Wealth, Inc. Facet is an SEC-registered investment advisor headquartered in Baltimore, Maryland. This is not an offer to sell securities or investment, financial, legal, or tax advice. Past performance is not a guarantee of future performance. Terms and conditions apply. Okay, I love coffee, and I want to tell you about the system I set up so that I can get all kinds of new coffee regularly. I know there's a few brands of coffee that I love, so I set up a document And in that document, I track the types of coffee I love. Verve, uh, Joe Coffee in New York, and there's a few other brands that I love with the specific roast. But then every single month, I'm hunting, looking for new types of coffee. And so what I'll do is I'll ship myself a couple of new bags of different roasts, different types of coffee from different regions, and then I take a little notation card, I write down what works and what doesn't. Now, if you think I'm a psycho, what am I going to say? This is my rich life. But I'm sharing this because a lot of us love coffee and a lot of us want to know where to discover new coffee. That's why I am thrilled to introduce you to today's sponsor, Trade Coffee, which is a subscription service that makes it very simple to discover new coffees and to make great coffee at home. Trade partners with top-rated independent roasters so you can get their best quality coffee sent right to your home. It's all handpicked by their coffee experts. And maybe you already know what you like. Like for me, I like Verve Coffee. It's one of my favorite brands. It's on Trade's platform. Or maybe you're not sure and you want to experiment. Either way, Trade makes it easy and convenient to discover new coffees. And they will send them to your home on your preferred schedule. So upgrade your morning routine with better coffee. 
Right now, Trade is offering our audience a free bag of coffee with any subscription at drinktrade.com slash Ramit. That's drinktrade, T-R-A-D-E dot com slash Ramit, R-A-M-I-T, for a free bag of coffee with any subscription purchase. Again, drinktrade.com slash Ramit. First off, what do you think would change in this current scenario that we're contributing $12,000 or roughly 10% of gross? What would change? The contribution amount. How much is it? 20. Okay. Why'd you say 20? Because realistically speaking, if we make the proper changes and we follow your methods, we should be able to do that because we've survived on way less. So we wouldn't notice that money gone if we were doing what we're supposed to be to begin with. Okay. What do you think, Austin? Uh, probably about 20%. So 12.9, uh, 24, probably 16,000. Well, 20% would be, did I get this right? 129. That'd be 26,000 a year. Right. The the 16,000 is like roughly 15%. Yep. But here's the kicker that the two of you have not factored in. You're in your 20s, right? Mm -hmm. You think your income is going to stay at 129,000 for the rest of your life? No. Hell no. It better not. Otherwise, you two really messed up somewhere. Aren't you going to be a lawyer, Annie? Hopefully. <laughs> okay, so you are. And you're young, Austin. Annie, you're young. So this is something that people always forget to do. They forget to factor in that incomes go up, especially when you're in your 20s. So what is the average income that the two of you are going to make between now and when you retire in your 60s? I think 200, 250 at the high end. Can we say 200? I always like to be conservative. Okay. Two. 200 it is. So at 200, how much do we want to be contributing? I would say 35. You know what? Let's be a little conservative because you two have some things to untangle. You have debt. You know, You have some skills to learn. Certainly, there's going to be some times where maybe you make a mistake. Let's factor that all in. Let's make it 25,000 a year instead of 30K a year. Now we're being really conservative. Okay. I'm not trying to blow anybody up and make you see unrealistic numbers. Anybody care to guess what we're about to see right now? Here's the number. 2.5 million dollars. I got zero response from them. I should have paused here and checked in with them. Unfortunately, I was on a roll. I got too excited talking about compound interest, which was a mistake. Sorry, Austin and Annie. I really should have slowed down and checked in with you, but I got carried away. By the way, if we just change this to 35, I just want to show you something. If we change it to 30 years to 35 years, that turns into $3.7 million. And at 40 years, $5.3 million. That's throwing off hundreds of thousands of dollars a year in interest alone. We're talking serious wealth. What do you both think? It's it's almost like a slap to the face. Like we could have been doing this. We, well, I mean, we should have been, but mm-hmm. 
it's still overwhelming those numbers like there's obviously there's a lot of characters in those numbers um but it's it looks great on paper looks wonderful there i am like you said i we play defense with our money um like i i add i round up on my totals for a reason it it makes me nervous looking at those numbers well, it makes you nervous because 10 minutes ago, you didn't even believe you could have a million dollars in your life. <laughs> yeah. Do you see how far you've come in 10 minutes? It's quite remarkable. So I will show you how to make this a reality. I will give you the tools to do it. The whole reason I did that was so that you believe it is possible. You two are on track to be, at the very least, a millionaire. And honestly, these numbers are so conservative that you could have much, much more than that. Now, will you ever achieve that? I don't know. That's up to you. It's not that hard. It does take the math is straightforward. What is hard is changing the way that the two of you manage your money and the way that you think about your money. Now, having gone through that, do you believe that the two of you can acquire? some amount of wealth, $1 million or higher. I do. Austin? Yes. Okay. Feels pretty amazing to hear you both say that. Has it sunk in? It's... I, <laughs> I, I want it. I want it to work. Again, going back to the not believing in yourself or not trusting it, I, I, I come back to that side of it again. Yeah. If it, is, if it is truly as easy as the numbers make it seem, then why, why haven't we done something prior? Why, haven't, why has it not been... Why has none of our influencers or our role models had anything like that to say? Why Why is it us out of everybody else? Why are we Why are we doing it? Like why how are we just now learning about it if it is like it looks? Austin, can I tell you? Yeah. Because you picked up the phone because the two of you asked for help. I'm afraid of failing. First of all, if you completely fail and you revert back, then you're just where you are right now. But I, we could put ourselves in a worse position. I'm, I'm a, we're comfortable right now, per se. It's not, obviously it's not the most ideal. We are not in the position we want to be in but we are in a lot better position than a lot of people are in so we've got to be grateful for that i'm afraid to step out of that comfort zone to start making all of these changes and then we fail and then if we fail how bad did we fail now we just reverted back and now we're even worse than we are now we've 
what issues did we just push onto the kids? Well, like, what did they just learn from us that, oh, okay, well, we just, we tried, but uh, then we just got knocked back down 15 spots. You're assuming. Yes, but We didn't the, come here to be comfortable. We came here to be smart and we don't have the ability to do it. So we need help. So we're asking for help. So let him teach us how to be smart. We can have time to be afraid later. We've been fucking being afraid for, I don't know what, five years now. Might as well try something new. What we're doing is not working. Austin and Annie are grappling with the idea of whether they even believe this is possible. Notice that they're not even at the point of asking me how to invest or what they should be doing differently with their money. They are still wondering if this is even real. I suspect that we are interpreting this call very differently. The way I see it is I'm here telling them, yeah, you have a lot of work to do to change your attitudes and behaviors about money, but it is extremely possible for you to solve your money problems become millionaires and change the way your daughter sees money. That's what I'm saying. I bet you they are hearing what I'm saying totally differently. I bet you they're interpreting this call as someone essentially floating down to their house and telling them, you know what? Forget about all your money problems. You can be a millionaire. It almost seems too good to be true. And I suspect that is why you hear the reluctance in their voice. This concept of somebody coming in and saying, I know you've been worrying about money your entire life, but you could actually change that and have millions of dollars in the bank. And I look at it from an outside perspective. You have $68,000 of debt and a spoiled six-year-old. This is scary. And I get that after playing defense with money for virtually your entire life, it's difficult to fully change and buy into a whole new way of thinking about money after one conversation. It'd be like someone coming to me and saying, Ramit, you can actually fly. <laughs> Just flap your wings in this way and jump off this cliff. You could do it. Yeah. <laughs> Feels a little like that, right? Yes. Do you believe it's theoretically possible when it comes to your money, when it becomes personal, not hypothetical? It's like, well, wait a second. What about this? What about this? What about this? I get all of yes. that. Here's what I can tell you. Millions of other people have done it. If they can do it, you can do it. So is it going to be easy? No. But am I expecting you to jump off a cliff and fly? Also, no. What I'm expecting you to do and what I'm asking you to do is to try following a system that millions of others have done. There's no gimmicks here. It's things like, let's decide where we want the money to go. Let's make some tough choices about where we are spending our money. Let's start investing. And before you invest a single cent, I'm going to give you a lot of material to read so you fully understand it and you feel comfortable. I don't know what will happen to Austin and Annie. One of the reasons I wanted to talk to them was to help them navigate changing their generational understanding of money. Now, I really hope that they decide to take the steps to change their financial future because I know for a fact that they can pay off their debt, they can invest aggressively, they can change their relationship with money and their daughter's relationship with it. In my experience, some people can make the change. Some don't. Sometimes they don't believe it's possible. 
Sometimes they don't have the skills to do it. A lot of times they just don't have a real reason to make a change. But I'm pulling for them. Austin and Annie, thank you very much for coming on the podcast, sharing your stories, and I hope that this was helpful for you. Thanks for listening to I Will Teach You To Be Rich. I'm Ramit Sethi. Please follow the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. If you haven't read I Will Teach You To Be Rich, my book, pick up a copy. You can get it at any bookstore or any library, and it will show you the specific tactics for how to build the I Will Teach You To Be Rich system into your personal finances.